0: Being a flight attendant is really stretching, but you know, for the most part, I've really tried to just be kind to people in small ways, to where they don't even know that it's anything different than how they're supposed to be treated. Just really trying to kind of sneak up on them and not even realize that you know they're being loved in a different kind of way, or really getting kindness almost sprinkled on them.
1: Welcome to the Jesus Calling podcast. It seems that much of our lives are driving towards something big. Whether it's career, personal goals, seeking success, or building a life for our loved ones, we're often aiming high to be, or do something, big. However, we'll miss some important moments if we don't look at the small ways God is showing up in our lives—a simple word from a friend that brightens our day, an act of service from someone that makes our day go smoother, or even a thought from a complete stranger that reminds us we are seen and heard. When we actively look for these moments, we realize that God is all around us, at all times, in the small details of our days as well as the big moments, and recognizing His presence in all of our moments will draw us closer to Him. Flight attendant Taylor Tippett started a project of leaving encouraging notes on the plane she worked on for passengers to find, as a small act of kindness that has netted big results. Texas country music artist Curtis Grimes sees the value of reaching people for God not only in the big stadiums and auditoriums, but in the small honky-tonks, fairs, festivals, and rodeos he plays regularly. We'll start with Taylor's story.
0: Hi, everybody. I am Taylor Tippett. I am a flight attendant. I'm based out of LA. Growing up, I was all over the place. I feel like It took me a long time because of childhood trauma to figure out who I was and what I wanted. So I kind of always wanted to be everything and do everything. And so being a flight attendant was always something I feel like that was in the back of my mind. I feel like it's on that list of like being a teacher, being an astronaut, you know, like being a flight attendant is just one of those sparkly things. And then my Mimi actually was a flight attendant for Pan Am. And I just remember, I think I kind of held a a story close and dear to my heart. She always was talking about her, her glory days and being a flight attendant. And just, I was at a time in my life, probably about 20, I was really struggling trying to figure out who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do with my life. And The thought of becoming a flight attendant just was like, wow, I think I could do this and I want to do this. And so it kind of went from there. So I was going through a pretty hard time. I was not the person that I wanted to be and I wasn't choosing good, healthy relationships. I wasn't ready for them. They weren't ready for them. And I was in a pretty not great relationship and I was not taking care of myself and the person was not taking care of me either and so I just kind of was sad all the time and it was right at the beginning of becoming a flight attendant so I had just moved to a new city, I had just started a new career, that was kind of just where I was at and something just really ignited inside of me through journaling to if I'm not going to be kind to myself and love myself how am I going to do that with other people and I wrote that down in my journal and I was sitting in the back of an airplane on a really early morning flight and my bag was open and I remember seeing uh, when I graduated flight attendant training our trainers had given us a goodie bag of like stuff and so I put this tiny you know 99 cent notebook in the front of my bag and I saw it sitting there and I was like, you know what? Maybe somebody else needs to hear Be Kind to Yourself. And so I took what I had written in my journal and wrote it on a piece of paper with a black Sharpie that was also in my bag and went to the back of the airplane and on our little carts that we have with all the soda and things like that. There is tape that has like the catering papers on front. So I grabbed a piece of tape and just taped it to the window seat and took a picture. And then I left it in the seat back because I'm somebody who if I see like tiny things or like billboards or stickers or whatever it is during my day, I think, wow, like that I needed that. I am a very big believer in things happening for a reason. And so I was like, what if somebody finds this and really needs this? And so, yeah, I wrote Be Kind to Yourself and took a picture and left it in the seat back, and then I was like, you know what, what if I posted this on the internet, and what if somebody else needs to hear this too, and so I posted it, and a lot of people loved it and shared it, and I was like, wow, maybe this can be something, and so it kind of all started from there, just out of a really bad spot in my life, trying to love myself better and kind of give myself a pep talk, you know, on an early morning flight, and all the rest, you know, just happened. I usually leave them in flight or as I'm leaving, and I kind of like it that way, because I love that unless you know me on the internet, you have no idea who it's from. And I didn't want it to be, even though it's mine, I didn't want strangers to know that it was mine. And I kind of just wanted to leave them with that mystery and that kind of like sparkle almost of who, what is this? It's just a note left and made for them. Through this project of really keeping an eye out for the small moments and for the kindness, that's my whole goal with this. It's just so that people would feel understood and loved where they're at, and hopefully that the right person finds it and needs it. And I think that through this, my whole understanding and love for people has changed a lot because I think I'm just always on the lookout for the small moments and for the small kindnesses that I can offer people. And I think that's so much of the heart of this project. And I think that's really reiterated in my relationship with my passengers. Like I'm not 100% I'm not perfect. I have my bad days. And so I think some lessons that I've learned has been, I know it's almost cliche, but you truly never know what someone is going through. So always just be on the lookout to be kind and to be graceful. I think just having patience and grace with people that look different from us or act different from us or seem different from us is so important. And... Patience really, really goes a long way in other people's lives. They're always appreciative, even if they're not seeming that way. And also patience makes us so much more beautiful. And I think it really is something that makes us look a lot more like Jesus, besides how we use our love and our kindness. God's role in these small moments is really kind of, who he just is. I think I've learned through my project and through my job and just the life that I'm called to that I relate more to these small little nooks of kindness more often than not. We overlook them because we think God has to be, you know, this big, crazy thing that happens in our lives or in our days. And so often God is in the smallness and in the little tiny nooks of kindness and in the tiny interactions we have with people. So I think that God really does show up in the nooks and crannies. And it's been really beautiful to realize and to grow in because I found myself so in tune and so close with God because I do look out for these moments with others and in my life and in my everyday. and God while he might feel big and complicated and so intricate and have so many parts to him, he just wants to be with us. And I think that's all we have to do is just to sit with him and be with him and ask him to just have eyes that see smallness and beauty and whimsical moments in our life and just keep asking and showing up and he'll do it. I think the first step in order to kind of find these moments with God are to just slow down, to just breathe, to just not worry about work and all of these things. It's just to look around you and to dig deep and to see and to ask yourself how God can show up there, whether it's through driving and talking God, or whether it's if you're around other people and doing something small for them, or whether you decide to wake up 30 minutes early before you go to work and to go on a walk and to just look around you at the beauty or watch a sunrise, like God shows up in those moments. And I think you just have to practice the art of slowing down in order to see them and to really have eyes that can catch them. I love Jesus Calling for the fact that I can get something beautiful and not have to spend hours doing Bible study. You know, it's really beautiful, and Jesus is in it already, so I don't have to, you know, read something for 30 minutes. And I just—I really, really love and appreciate that about Jesus Calling. Jesus Listens, February 16th. Gentle Jesus, you've been teaching me that there is no randomness about my life. Here and now compromise the coordinates of my daily life. The present moment is not only the point at which time intersects eternity, it is the place where I encounter you, my eternal savior. Every moment of every day is alive with your glorious presence. Help me to keep my thoughts focused on you, enjoying your presence here and now. I confess that I let many moments slip through my fingers, half-lived. I neglect the present by worrying about the future or longing for a better time and place. Please open my eyes and awaken my heart so I can see all that this day contains. I want you to be involved in everything I do, equipping me to do my work heartily. Working collaboratively with you lightens my load and enables me to enjoy what I'm doing. I find that the more time I spend communicating with you, the less I worry. This frees me to let your spirit direct my steps, guiding my feet into the way of peace. In your guiding name, amen. I think when we start to kind of lay ourselves down and look at other people first, not only does it change us, but I think it's what Jesus Did and what we should be doing. Like we become more like Jesus when we love other people before ourselves. While it is important though to love ourselves and to take care of ourselves so we can do these things for others, it's all about balance. So we have to work on ourselves and love ourselves, but then we lay ourselves down and focus on other people. Spending time with God every day is extremely important because It kind of sets the mood for how your day is gonna go. How we treat others, how we treat people in our workplace, how we treat who we love, I think really is impacted by how we start our day, or how what we do before life kind of happens, whether that's reading a devotional, or whether that's just talking to God, or whatever it is for you. I think it's really important to do that because it kind of sets the tone for your day in how we treat others. And I think that that's really how God and Jesus shows up is how in our relationships and how we love other people, whether they're people we know or people we don't. And so spending time in the morning or just at some point during the day or constantly throughout the day is a gentle reminder of what we're supposed to be doing and what God tells us to do and what we're called to. And I think that that's just really beautiful and it's truly a gift that we can constantly bring ourselves back to the beauty that we're called to and be reminded of it, but also at the same time be challenged to be like Jesus. To learn more
1: about Taylor Tippett, you can follow her on social media at Words from the Window Seat. And be sure to check out her book of the same name at your favorite retailer. Stay tuned to Curtis Grimes' story after a brief message. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul. It's a trek that demands to be celebrated, lauded, and embraced in its entirety. Celebrate the moms in your life this Mother's Day with two beautiful gift books— Jesus Calling for Moms by Sarah Young and Grace for the Moment for Moms by Max Licato. These heartfelt devotionals will remind the moms in your life just how special they are. Jesus Calling for Moms and Grace for the Moment for Moms are available now, where all books are sold.
0: During times of transition and unknown next steps, It's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for our special, custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com.
1: As a new year begins, are you looking for a way to go deeper in your daily prayer habit? There's a brand new, 365-day devotional prayer book called Jesus Listens, from Sarah Young, the author of Jesus Calling. With Jesus Listens, you can strengthen or renew your relationship with God through the continual conversation of prayer. Jesus Listens is perfect if you're busy with life's demands but want to grow in your prayer life. Looking for rest and hope from difficult times or are not even sure how to pray? By praying Scripture through this daily devotional prayer book, you'll experience how intentional prayer connects you to God, changes your heart, and can even move mountains. Get a start on a deeper prayer life with the new 365-day devotional prayer book, Jesus Listens. To find out more, visit JesusCalling.com JesusListens. Our next guest is Texas country music artist Curtis Grimes. After a childhood filled with playing baseball and eventually earning a Division I scholarship, Grimes was given the opportunity to appear on the hit reality TV show The Voice in 2011. Under direction of Coach Celia Green, he ended up finishing as a Top 8 finalist of Season One. His country career took off from there, and in 2019 he was named Entertainer of the Year at the TCMA Awards show hosted by the Texas Country Music Association. In 2020, Grimes took home the Christian Country Artist of the Year. Curtis has learned that God can be found and discovered in the small moments and places in life, as well as the big ones, and he shares his desire to spend his life pointing people to God through his music and words.
2: I had a pretty solid faith foundation in our house. I mean, we were at church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. So that's kind of the background I grew up in. Got saved when I was pretty young, uh, pretty active in the youth group. I remember telling my dad, oh, when I get big, I want to play Major League Baseball so I can tell people about Jesus and you know, and use that platform for His glory and honor. And Here I was, I wasn't a major league baseball player, but I definitely had a platform, definitely had the microphone, you know, for 90 minutes every night and kind of uh, the opportunity to influence and reach a lot of people. And not only was I not doing that, I was doing the complete opposite in a lot of ways. Uh, I I would say when I got into high school, when I would go to the go hang out with my baseball buddies on the weekends is kind of when I started. Falling off, started drinking and partying and cutting up, but still would go to go to church every Sunday. You know, had that had a pretty solid accountability factor at my household, and definitely not something my family condoned. Didn't get into the music stuff till my freshman year of college. I had received a scholarship, and uh, my roommate was another guy on the baseball team, and he had a guitar in the dorm room. And uh, that's when I started messing around with trying to play the guitar and write songs and and sing in front of people and just kind of dug into that when my baseball career was over. Had a few lucky breaks early on, I won a radio contest to open for Kenny Chesney. And that kind of piggybacked into us touring outside of that austin area we were in and three years after that i was on the first season of the voice and i made top eight so that opened up the door for us to get on the more commercial national scale with the big booking and agent and management and publishing and the whole nine and i guess a big pivotal turning point for me was about halfway through my career i was having a lot of conviction for how i was living and um just was not representing Christ the way I should not only in my music, my lifestyle, and, and from that point on just kind of really made a conscious effort to use the talent and ability that God had blessed me with to reach people, to go into the bars, hockey tonks, fairs, festivals, rodeos, wherever we were playing and and actually use that to point people to Jesus, not not do the opposite. When you feel like God has blessed you with this talent, like especially knowing I didn't grow up doing music. like This was kind of a, a newfound talent and just put so many awesome things in play to put me in position to, to actually be successful in this thing. So when you realize like God has blessed me, even though I'm definitely not worthy of it, and not that we're ever worthy of it, but especially when you're living like you know you shouldn't, I just kind of started having a lot of conviction for that there probably it wasn't one thing i think you start feeling that conviction through just however the the spirit you know does that and i was on the way to the gym one night and uh andre crouch song called through it all came on the radio or shuffle or whatever and it's just kind of like the moral of the story like not god never gives up on us and that's that's really kind of how i felt like i Gone on this path, like definitely turn my back on him. He never turns his back on us, never leaves us or forsakes us. But we definitely do that to him when we start digging into our own selfish ambition, fleshly desires. And so that was kind of a wake up call. I was still wrapped up in my management company. Of course, when they're paying for your albums, they kind of have a say in which songs you cut. And I remember... At the end of that following year, after I had I had a meeting with them and said, Hey, I don't really want to do the drinking party and stuff. I want to do the more positive faith-based traditional countries. That just really reflects me in my personal life and my walk. And by the end of the year, they dropped me. I got my booking agent dropped me, management dropped me, everything. And so I kind of had a hard reset, but I had total control. And so I said, I'm going to record one more album and If it works, then I'll go another year and kind of continue down that that route. So I made it a point to record that song, and that was kind of the ultimate litmus test of our Texas country station's going to play this kind of music and they did it went number one and originally like initially my thought was to just remove myself from the environment just get out of the scene get out of the lifestyle get away from it and just go lead worship in a church but God really put it on my heart that I have you here for a reason I want you to do whatever you think that you are going to do in a church out here where you're actually reaching people in a place where people aren't going to hear about Jesus you know and so that's kind of how I looked at it as more of a mission field than just a music career, playing music concerts. I think that's different than if a pastor were to walk in and try to start preaching to folks in that environment in a way that might push them away. I feel like they're more accepting to listen to to me when I'm sitting here sharing my testimony in between songs or when we break down and in the second verse of Graves in the Gardens and just talk about how awesome it is that God never leaves us or forsakes us. I think they're actually more apt to listen, knowing my story and knowing my background and knowing that I'm not there looking down on them. And I don't know. I, I don't know how long that, that door is going to stay open. But for now things are going pretty good and my band guys are all on the same page. Most of them play in churches and do worship on Sunday also. But I would say everybody in in our groups walking in the same direction. They understand this is more about the ministry aspect of it and less about the playing music part. So it's not uncommon at all for us to just have full-blown Bible study when we're going down the road, or a lot of times it'll kind of start with, Hey, like I was reading Revelation this morning and it said this, what do you think about that? And then that will turn into a hour long conversation with everybody kind of chiming in. So that's really cool. Jesus Calling. That's kind of like the most common, I guess, daily devotional that I've seen, or at least around the people in my life, that's kind of the standard. So I'll read this passage. The present moment is the point at which time intersects eternity. It is also the palace where you can encounter me, your eternal savior. So keep your thoughts focused on the present as much as you can, enjoying my presence here and now. Invite me into whatever you are engaged in. Ask me to help you do your work heartily. Working collaboratively with me lightens your load and enables you to be more effective. Share with me not only your work, but also your leisure, thanking me for both. When something upsets you, don't let fearful or obsessive thoughts take over your mind. Instead, talk with me about whatever is troubling you. Then cast all your anxiety on me, knowing that I care for you. If you ask, I will open your eyes and awaken your heart so that you can see more fully all that the present contains. I delight in meeting with you in your wide awake heart. I came into the world so that you may have life in abundance till it overflows. We need Jesus in our daily lives, in our constant walk with Him, not just (laughs) in for the eternal salvation aspect of it just because like there's always something we're always going to come to crossroads many times a day and you get to that point and whether it's temptation whether it's you know just decisions that need to be made and that's the source that's the ultimate source one thing i really try to talk to people and and our re- outreach is really centered on the relationship which is getting people to a relationship with jesus because I finally realized, figured out, whatever, that it's not me that's going to change him. And the words in my mouth aren't going to change someone. It's getting them to into a relationship with Jesus. And he's going to change him. And the Spirit's going to change him. Not me, but I need to get get them, make that introduction to where they build a the relationship. Not only that aspect of staying focused and just realizing that He's our source and we don't need to get caught up in what's going on in the world and around us, but also the fact that we need Him. We need Him every second of every day because we're not capable of it by our own accord. And We see that when we fall, when we struggle, and most times it's because we try to do it our way and just it doesn't work out that way. That's something else too that my eyes have been opened up to this year is that, like how much we need to walk with Jesus now because that's when we're living our best life as a Christian and that's when we're really reaping the full benefit of having that relationship with him. You know, it's more than just salvation. It's more than just hey, like this is what we need to do as Christian is hey, We really need God, and we really need Jesus walking with us daily.
1: You can find Curtis' latest self titled record, which includes the radio single, Noah Built a Boat, wherever you buy music. If you'd like to hear more stories about how God works in the small and big moments, check out our interview with Lisa Harper. Next time on The Jesus Calling Podcast, we speak with New York Times best-selling author and award-winning journalist Elaine Welteroth and her husband, musician Jonathan Singletary, who talked to us about how their work isn't just work, but what God has called them to do.
0: Everything I did was from a sense of—I felt there was a calling put on me. My career is not just a career, it's a calling. And I was obedient and I surrendered my own fears and my own doubts. And I, to the point, where I didn't even see, I didn't even, what barriers, what fear, like I just went after it because I knew that God had me. It was like a prophecy.
1: Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God?